My name is Rabosai. As I had this chus to speak, Erev Shabbos, in the form of opening of these three wonderful days that are now Baruch Hashem, we would say behind us, really with us, in our pockets, and now, as in the last 31 seminars, Rebbe Zil gives me the schus to say a final word. And I always try that the Ne'ilah, my Ne'ilah, will have another Ne'ilah this afternoon, Bezer Hashem. At least my Ne'ilah should be the same Ne'ilah as the Musaf. Just to repeat, the last lecture we heard from the Bezirah Zangazund, in a little different word, a little different language. I feel today that I'm going to take advantage of this Oilam and change my style a little bit. I'd like to tell you one of my mikzaot uh, in Hebrew, they call it. Uh, my profession, as profession, is public speaking. I first studied and learned, practiced public speaking when I was a young bocher in Yeshivas by Satamad in East New York on <coughs> Jerome Street corner, Sutter Avenue. It was a big shul. When I came to East New York, the shul was absolutely, completely empty. Downstairs, the Bismedish downstairs had a Bukashi and Minyan on Shabbos. But the shul upstairs was an enormous shul. I don't remember seeing such a, such a, a big shul. It was the balcony of the Ezra's Nashim went up rows of chairs, maybe 25 rows, up till, way up to the ceiling. There were at least 1,000, 1,500 seats. A, a giant shul. And I was told it was once full. When I came to East New York, it was completely empty, Nebuch. And I got a key from the old Shamas, and I used to go open the shul, and there was no one there, and I used to stand up in the beamer, and I used to talk. I closed my eyes, and I spoke to a thousand people. And that was my first experience in public speaking. I remember I said, Shirem HaShev then. I was about 18, 19 years old. And I said, and I said, Roshes. it was a Ganeden. No one interrupted me. With your permission, Rabbi Said, I would like to let my imagination carry me away. And Eev said, I wish someone would listen to me. I feel that I, and any yid in the mushal of the Chofetz Chaim. The Chofetz Chaim says in mushal, if someone says, who are you to talk? And the famous mushal of the Chofetz Chaim, that when there's a fire, and someone screams fire, and someone grabs water, and someone says, there are people older than you and smarter than you, who are you to talk? 
And the Chavetz Chaim says, when it's a dark fire, then anyone can jump and can talk and can scream. And the fire today is not like a week ago or like two weeks ago or like a month ago, which was theoretically Ruchnius. And when I come into New York City and the first Shalom Aleichem that everyone gives me was Herzach and Eretz Yisra. What's going on in Israel? Aren't you afraid? And in my children's bedroom, up on the closet, there's a gas mask for Yankel. You know my Yankel already. For my Eliyahu. For my Mashaarim. For my Menuchale. For my Miriam. For my Shani. And a little crib mask for my Rochale. And life continues. And when I came to New York, just this Thursday, and Achapa took me from the airport, and when he went into the Belt Parkway, and there was a car parked, and I felt myself at home, an Arab was out kneeling with his tifla, with his davening, Yemach Shemoy, and I felt myself at home in New York City. Here they are. I thought they're, they're in Israel. And there he was, on the Belt Parkway, the Araber, that I know so well. And he's in New York. And, Mihitin li Ali. anybody. And if my imagination carries me away, and I think I'm talking to American Yiddishkeit, and maybe I'm talking in a kvutz in a seminar, which we got together, we heard three days, and we, we are becoming part of a family which may be a piece of our hearts, a lave, of, of American Jewry. A place where we becoming this air of the Nisyanus of our generation and of all the beautiful different tyrants that we heard in the last two hours. How this is the day that we have to demonstrate our love to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to break the glass and make the mazel tov. And if my imagination carries me away, and I'm closing my eyes, I shall have his family and his new members. Please bear with me. I'd like to start off with a little word that I heard with one of my rabbeim. Really, in connection to this shul that I spoke about. I once asked one of my Choshevet Rebbeim, I could mention his name, Rebbeim Metzalberg. And I asked him, what's the pshat? He was a shul. And obviously it was once packed. And I heard from people who remembered it was a packed shul in East New York. Today, Beis Talmud also is in East New York. Beis Talmud moved to Benzenhurst. Pure Schwarze neighborhood. Our Beis Medrash on Jerome Street. So much tighter. Baruch Hashem, 
Baruch Hashem didn't turn into Hashem is Hashem is Baruch Hashem help. Rachmanul Islam became a factor. Didn't turn a close. But I asked Rabbi Yomad Salberg to tell me what's the pshat? What happened to this shoe? And he told me a beautiful insight. He said the Vilna shoe. When I saw the Vilna shoe, it was nine hundred years old. And obviously, there's a certain scientific nusach, certain scientific equation. If you put in a certain amount of cement, a certain amount of irons, if you want something to stand for many years, it depends what foundations were put in. It's obvious that the people who built Vilna Shul, the people who built Baldestoka Shul, or Varshava Shul, or Peshburga Shul, in the beginning, they put in some such power, such Kedusha, such Yiddishkeit, that has stood for a thousand years. And it seems that the people who came to America, and when they built the Shul, it was for 20 years, for 30 years. And we see it. We call it the section, the section changed. You can call it what you want. You can call it what you want. But it's a fact. And here they built the shul, and here it's destructed. And here it's sell Hashem should help. Who knows to what? And when we think about our shuls, our homes, our communities, and our own homes. I <coughs> always relate what I had heard from a Yidnets Israel. His name is Rav Echtman. Very interesting person in Bnei Brak. On the bottom of Ponovish, there are shelters. It's the dormitories and shelters built together. He told me, he said, when, he, when, when they were building the shelter, he was in charge of the building, Mitam the Yeshiva. And the Haga, the civil defense, every day, he would have a keep in contact every week. And they would give him orders on how to build it, what strength. He said, they made me Meshub. First they would tell me that you need such irons. Then they would tell me you need thicker. And you need such cement. And the different kind of cement. They kept on eating and eating all kinds of all kinds of, of, of drishot. So one time I went down to the office of the Mufakir over there. I said, tell me, what are you aiming at? You're trying to make a shelter that an atom bomb shouldn't be able to destroy it? He said, I'll tell you what I'm aiming at. He says, we're trying to build a shelter. The Rahman al-Islam, if a bomb falls and takes this shelter and it's deep in the ground and uproots it, and let's say there are 500 people inside, if it uproots this shelter, and throws it a half a kilometer. It should fall, and it should remain complete. It shouldn't shatter with all the people inside it. That's the kind of shelter we're trying to build. Did you ever see such a shelter? I saw that shelter. You have in New York City, Amir Yeshiva. A boy said, Amir Yeshiva? Mir is a town? In the United States, 
Vizhnitz is a town in the United States. I live in Israel. My Shvei lives in Shikun Vizhnitz. Vizhnitz is a town in the United States. Ponovich is a town in the United States. In Europe, there was a town called Vizhnitz. And there was a town called Mir. And a bomb came. And the word turned, and there was an earthquake. And there were people in this shelter. And it was thrown across the ocean. And it smashed down in New York streets. And it's standing. And we can go visit. Obviously, those who built it previously put in such strength, put in such endurance, that as a great earthquake came and the world turned over and the shelter flew across the ocean, it's still standing. And today we have, we build homes, we build Yiddish homes. And like a modern building, you take a kablan, you take a contractor, and they have this paint, they all look the same. But here you have a home that after 10 years or after 5 years, all of a sudden there are cracks in the wall. Obviously there was some cheating done. When they knew they were all the same. But what's going to be with our homes tomorrow, the day after tomorrow? If Chasa Shalom, an earthquake will come around, like it came not long ago. What strength and what power are we putting into our homes today? Is it homes for 20 years or for 100 years? Or like was built then for a thousand years? Cannot destroy it. But there is a problem that I would like to discuss, which I think is extremely important and bothers me very much. And that is the subject I'm going to discuss now, Bezer Hashem. I would like to tell you an insight that I feel, and I feel that it's a true insight. I'll tell you why. Because when someone prepares a speech, and someone gets up and speaks, not always is it, it can be a shlichus from HaKadosh Baruch But it can also be, you have to speak. It might be a speech preparation. But I'd like to tell you an insight, which I was mechadish, which I realized, not as a speaker, but as a father. In the last seminar, it was Erev Tishabov and Matsoy Tishabov. And it was here in Lakewood, in the capital. And my second son, Zangazim Teleyo, that's his name, was here. Kranhora, I could say it to the tape recorder, very good bocher, not in Panovish, was a little involved in the politics of Bnei Brak. And Bechlal, I had learned in Yeshiva in New York, Beis Talmud. I wanted to be Beis Talmud for half a year. And I sent him to Beis Talmud, and he learned for half a year, and now he's back in Eretz Israel. And I did it with, with, with mixed emotions. I was worried. And I was in Eretz Israel, and he was here. And like a father, I was very worried. Did I do the right thing? Sent him to America. And I heard 
that he's in America and he wants to, he's learning Baruch Hashem, he's learning good, he had but a little traveling, an American boy, he went to the World Tower, looked, went upstairs, and I heard he wants to go to Washington, and he wants to go to Niagara Falls. I was born in the United States, I was never in Washington, and I was never in Niagara Falls. But uh, my brother, Elio, wants to go to Washington. And he wants to go to his man to Niagara Falls. Washington is Nishkin, uh, it's not Hollywood. And Niagara Falls is not uh, Times Square. Baruch Hashem, a fine Yiddish boy. But I wrote him a letter. And I know this letter that I wrote is, as the Bazil gave us a lecture, when it's from a tata to a kind, it was from a father to a son. Whoever I am, but it was min because it's from a father to a son. As Rebbe Zil has emphasized so many times, im harav, Hashem If the Rebbe is like a malach, learn from him Torah. On a parent, it doesn't say, Shma b'ni musravicho, your father could be at anybody. If he's a Yid, and if he is trying to, trying to explain to you something which is for your good, he's not trying to ruin you. You can trust that it's Min HaShemayim. And in this letter that I wrote him, I don't have a copy of the letter at, the, at this moment. I said a word which I think, as I said today, Meyiten li shoy Alavai, that I could scream this word in American streets. I'm closing my eyes and imagine I'm talking to a million people. Maybe I am talking to a million people. In quality. And I told them as follows. I said it in short words, and I'm going to a little, a little elaborate it a little bit, explain the Indian a little more in particular. In Russian Kurdish, in the Hebrew language. So we know, like in all languages, and the Hebrew language is even more emphasized, there are words that are used as Lashon Zohar, and words that are used as Lashon Nekev. And many times we don't know exactly why this word is Lashon Zohar, this word is Lashon Nekev. For instance, Shabbos is always Lashon Nekev. Shabbos is always referred to as a Nekev, a Kala. There is one place where we refer to Shabbos as a Lashon Zohar. As we know that Shabbos we say, Friday night we say, Friday morning we say, and to Shabbos, to Mincha we say, So this Voi, we use, refer to Shabbos as a Lashon Zohar. But there are exceptions, but usually always Shabbos is referred to as Lashon Nekev. Why is a very beautiful insight, which I'm not going to discuss at this moment. Because I'm going to just... <laughs> I'm just going to run away with myself. The neshama is always lush in the cave. The nefesh of the person is always used as lush in the cave. Always. Again, why is not the discussion. It's a beautiful understanding. Maybe I'll just say it in short words. Even though the, the, the zakhar is always the mashpia, always the giver, and the cave is always the receiver. The neshama 
should be a Zohar, because he is the one who is giving us life. But our neshama is not a giver. Our neshama really reflects the, the giving of Hashem. Our neshama is a receiver from Hashem's Kedusha for us to live. And the same is true with Shabbos. Yom Tev can be a giver. But the Kedusha of Shabbos is so strong that it is a receiver from Hashem to give us. Therefore Shabbos is in the cave. It receives from Hashem's Kedusha to give us. But this is not my subject. My subject is that the earth is always referred to as in a cave as a feminine. Always. And it's interesting, not only in Lush and Kodesh in the Hebrew language is it, as, is it like that, but even in the world. In the world we call it Mother Earth. It's not Father Earth. Mother Earth. The country, the nationality, in the United States, we don't have that much appreciation for the nationality. In Russia, in Poland, it was the mother. The earth, the country, is always the mother. Now, what is the insight? So if it would be in the Goyesh world, I wouldn't think about it. But it's in Torah, Oretz, Eretz Yisrael, Tzion, Yerushalayim, you'll always find as a lush in the cave. Now, the reason is very simple. The giver is the Shemayim. The Shefa, the abundance comes down from heaven. The Shemayim is the Zohar. That is the husband. The mother is the earth. The earth receives from the heaven and, reads, and gives it over to the children. The mother is our earth. Our mother is the earth. When we receive from the earth its abundance, whether it's wheat or fruit, where did they get it from? The earth got from the rain, because if there wouldn't be rain, they wouldn't come down from the heavens, then they, it'd be a dry earth. So therefore, the Shemayim is always the Zohar, the Oretz is always the Nekeva, and we are the children. This is a very famous explanation of this simple fact that in Lush and Kodesh, in all languages, the earth and the country is always referred as a mother, Belosh and Nekev. But there is something very interesting about this point. On the Kedah, a woman has something about her that the Gemara says... The Gemara calls it Xeras HaKosov. This is something which Hashem created, which cannot be explained. And Chazal tell it to us in these words, there is a chain ha'oretz al yoshvel. The earth where a person lives, there's a special chain. There's three chains, the Gemara says. There's a chain ha'isha al-bayla. There is a chain for a woman on her husband, in her husband's eyes. There is a chain for a profession in the eyes of the one who practices this profession and is just lucky or else he wouldn't have any shoemakers, wouldn't have any garbage collectors. The garbage collector thinks that the most beautiful and the most noble profession is to collect garbage. 
I remember when I was a child, I can't forget in Williamsburg in Haywood Street. I remember, today you don't find it anymore. This goes back 40 years. I remember there was a, a garbage truck collector on Haywood Street. And in the old Besyank, if you remember on Haywood Street, there was a lot of garbage cans. And the truck backed in to get, get closer. And it came, uh, in Hebrew they call it a katsin. How do you, how, how do you say that? Um, an officer. And he was a garbage officer. And I can't forget it. He was wearing a long coat. Remember the garbage men with light brown suits? He was wearing a long coat. He, he thought that he's the general of, of, of the United States. He was wearing a long coat. And he was telling him, no, always be in line with the curb. And he felt that the most respectable and the most beautiful profession is to collect garbage. And it's a bracha from Hashem. It's a bracha from Hashem. That there is a special chen, ha'oritz, al-yoshveh, if someone lives in a country, someone lives in a town, this is what's beautiful. A person by nature thinks his family is beautiful, and a person by nature thinks his profession is beautiful. Now, this chen, what I'm trying to introduce today is, this chen is one of the most dangerous things that there is in creation. And we had just learned Dafa Yoimi. No, it wasn't Dafa Yoimi, it's about preparation learning in the beginning of Erevin. The Gemara says Gehenim is called seven names. And Gehenim is not one of them. It's interesting. It's called Sha'oil and it's called Choshech. Seven names. So the Gemara says, what's about Gehenim? So the Gemara says Gehenim is not a name. Gehenim is a description. Gay, Elonis, Chinam, gay henam, gay chinam. That people who fall there fall bechinam just for nothing. And Rashi says, arise. Most people fall in Gehenim because of lust. With Gilead, arise. Now, when someone eats a steak, so it makes him healthy. This avera is chinam. This avera is created on a chen. When a man and woman see each other, they just fall in love. She could be a mushchesis, he could be a mushchas. And the parents say, what are you doing? You're ruining your life. And he says, I love her. Why does he love her? Absolutely china. What did he see? He saw a dreska. He saw a kledl. She saw a tie. China. It's a creation of, of Hashem. And this chen also goes to the earth. The earth is in a cave. Is a When you live on the earth, you think it's beautiful. And the Gemara says, on the time of Elisha, they came to Elisha and they said, this town is beautiful to live in. The water is bitter and is poisonous. And the earth is terrible and it's beautiful to live here. So the Gemara says, What's so beautiful to live here? Because they lived here. They fell in love with it. The country that you live in, you fall in love with. But, the problem is, Rabbi Yisai, and I'm going to put it into simple words, it's a Goyesh vibe. 
It's not a Jewish woman. I'm talking harsh words. And I could talk it because I was born in the United States. And I live it and feel it. We're in love with a Goyesha vibe. She's not Jewish. And we're in love. And we're attached. And everything we see about her is beautiful. And I always wondered, Rabbi Sai, would you imagine in a, in, a, in a class, in a high school class, someone getting up and saying, who was the first, who was the first czar of Russia? Who was the second? Who was the third? And one girl would get up and one boy would get up and say, who cares? Who cares? And if someone says, who was the second president of the United States? That's chokhmah. That's intelligence. If you don't know, you're illiterate and stupid. And if someone comes and says, who cares? What do you mean, who cares? Are you human? Are you human? I admit I was never in Washington. But I can't admit that I would love to go to Washington. And if I would see Washington Monument, and if I would see the White House, and believe me, believe me, Rabbi Yisai, and all Americans who sit here, I have no cheshik to go to the Buckingham Palace. doesn't talk to me. When I go to Toronto, there's a big monument over there, there's a big thing, doesn't talk to me, I don't even look at it. Big piece of iron. You know why? It's not my mother. And it's, it's Tifer, excuse me for the expression, it's not, it's not my girlfriend. Doesn't talk to me. America the beautiful. And I grew up in school. America the beautiful. And what's beautiful? Go explain what's beautiful. And yes, Nebuchadnezzar, Yiddish Bokhar, who got hooked with that Goyesh Medal. And someone asked the question, tell me, what's beautiful about her? What's beautiful about it? And every time I come to New York, Rabbi Sai, I must admit it. And I see the dirty streets. And I see the Schwarzes. And I see the Puerto Ricans. And I see the Arabs. America the beautiful. We're in love. And this is a problem. This is a problem. Which I think... We have to do justice to and think about it. And maybe a few months ago, maybe a year ago, it would be impossible to get up and talk about it. It's so serious. There's a famous story, and it's a true story, that there was once Nebuch, a Jewish boy, that, was, that, that, that fell for a, Jew, for a Goyesha girl. And of course the parents tried to convince and... The, and they came to a Rav. It's a true story, and, and I think the Bazil know who the Rav was. So MSMISA. The Rav was a smart man. And he called the Bach and he says, You want to marry this girl? She says, Yeah. You know what you do? Throw a party. Since you're getting you, since you're engaged, throw a party for the family. But put a, a lot of whiskey. 
He threw a party, and the girl came down with her cousins, with her brothers, her sisters, her uncles, and her aunts. Big, beautiful party, catered, and he put in boxes of whiskey. And they got drunk. And when they got drunk, they started going wild. You dirty Jew. And everything they had in their stomachs, when they were smiling until now, everything just erupted. And that was the end of the shidduch. Now, the uncles and the aunts, when they got drunk, they spit up everything they had in their stomachs. And the rabbi couldn't tell him, get the girl drunk, and she'll spit up what she thinks about you. Because the girl doesn't get drunk so fast. But after a while, when the chain goes off, and he sees Vos And Rabbi said, Do we have to wait till the girl gets drunk? Do we have to wait till the Schwarzes make a coalition with the Arabs? Do we have to wait for that day? When they tell us, Dirty Jew? Isn't it time we got out of America? Isn't it time we divorced this girl who is not ours? And I'm not referring to going out of America to go to Israel or to London or to any place else. Lech Ami, boy bechaderecho, go into your home, build yourself a shelter, a shelter of Kedusha and of Tara. As the Vilnagoyan says, Dalet Amis shel Haloche, the four Amis of Torah, has Kedusha Seretz Yisrael. We don't have to live in America. We don't have to go to Eretz Yisrael to live in Eretz Yisrael. How many live in Eretz Yisrael and live in America? We can make Eretz Yisrael, each and every one of us. And I don't mean Israel, I mean Eretz HaKoydish of Avraham Yitzchok V'yankif. Our Eretz Israel. We can make Eretz Israel on 14th Avenue. If we shelter our homes, we bring Torah, we bring pureness, we bring Kedusha. We don't have to live in America. In Poland, it took us a thousand years till we fell in love with Polish culture. We all know, I don't know, Maschwez is eingesund, he lived in Poland. I said, you knew Polish? I didn't know a word Polish. Polish? Didn't interest me Polish. It was disgusting. The pole was a disgust in our eyes. And after a thousand years, all of a sudden they fell in love with the pole. And they started going to schools. And all of a sudden they saw beauty. We look back. Does anybody here see beauty in the Polish language? And if I speak in front, I speak over here, 
excuse me, I don't want to put myself on spot. And my English, I never got past the eighth grade. I never went to high school. A mistake in English is a flaw. Beautiful English is beauty. Is beautiful Polish anything beautiful about it? Anything beautiful about beautiful Russian? Could anybody tell me why is English so beautiful? You know why? Excuse me, because our girlfriend. But it's not a Yiddish girl. It's not a Yiddish girl, I say. She's not Jewish. And after a thousand years, when the Jewish people fell in love with the Polish maiden, I don't mean the girl, I mean the, the country. Then she spit him out and we were thrown out. We fell in love with the Russian, we were thrown out. We fell in love with the Spaniard in 1492. Spain was a beautiful, civilized, beautiful, beautiful country. And the Jews sat there and wrote poems about the mountains and about the rivers. And the, the girl finally got drunk and threw them out. And threw them out. Because that girl, she knows that you're not a chosen for her. She knows the truth. Do we have to wait until the girl throws us out of here? Hashem Yisbarach should help us. And we're sitting here so comfortably. I don't mean to say anything. These words, whoever doesn't want to accept them, just put them with the parenthesis. But there was people saying, never again. Never again. It won't happen. Never again. There's Almighty in heaven. And the Arab just shot him down. And this opens our eyes. Are we so secure? As the Arsameach wrote before the Holocaust, Berlin who Yerushalayim, when Berlin becomes Yerushalayim, then he says, the earthquake will come. And our children in Borough Park are laughing at us and writing records, and you know it. Borough Park is Yerushalayim, when Mashiach comes, we're not going to want to go out. It's a nice song and it's a joke. It's not so funny. And it's not so funny, Rabbis. And today, when our eyes are beginning to open, and we see how the world is turning and turning, shouldn't we catch just a day early, as the famous, famous Chazal, Chazal tell us, Al bovel shom yeshavnu gambochinu, we were sitting on the, on, the, on the banks of the Babylonian river. And we sat and we cried. And Chazal tell us the story. Yirmiyahu Hanovi Hashem said, Call the others. Call Moshe Rabbeinu. He said, Hashem, I don't know where Moshe Rabbeinu is buried. Hashem said, you stand on the Yardin and call. And he stood on the Yardin and said, Moshe, Roy and Naman, come. And Moshe Rabbeinu came. This is a medrash. And Yirmiyahu said, and he said to Yirmiyahu, tell me, what are they doing to my sheep? There was a description there of how they tortured the Jewish, the Jewish children. 
And Moshe Rabbeinu came, and they were happy, they were overjoyed. And they said, Moshe is coming to redeem us. I swear I'm not able. I'm not able. There's a gzair, I'm not able. And he gave them a blessing, a Kodesh Baruch Hu should redeem you. And he went away. And Chazal tell us when he went away, they saw Moshe Rabbeinu was leaving them. They started crying. And Yirmiyahu told them, Chayecham, I swear by your lives. If you would have cried one cry in Jerusalem, then you wouldn't be crying today. This cry, one day earlier, how precious this is, how beautiful it is. And we look back in those days, and I wasn't there. I wasn't there. The Bezreel was a child. But our parents were there. And we know who was there. And they were running back and forth like, like, like chickens without heads. Where to go? How many Jews ran away from Russia to Germany because Russia was so terrible? They ran to Germany. How many Jews were sent to Siberia? And they were saved. And people didn't know where to go and they went from Varsha to Vilna. And they run. In, the, in those days we didn't know where to run to. Today we know where to run to. Today it is, we can't run away. We can run away. Go into your rooms. Go into all a Torah. Create yourself shelters. And I say this, Mi I wish I could speak for the American Jewry. Chevre, run away! Let's get out of here before it's too late. Let's go into Torah. We can live in this country as in Kedusha's here in Israel. We can find our homes, Eretz HaKodesh, and we can hide out Till Mashiach brings us with happiness. And what is Eretz HaKodesh? Just like every country is in a cave, Eretz HaKodesh is also in a cave. And what does Eretz HaKodesh want from us? What does a wife want from her husband? What is the site, the secret of connection between a wife and a husband? Just one thing. Husband and wife can fight. Husband and wife can argue. It's not serious. But there should be yichud. There should be privacy. Each one should know that they are one and only for the other. What does it mean to run into Eretz, to Kedusha's Eretz Israel? If we can build ourselves a life. And I'm saying this, I, again, I don't know if a year ago I could have talked this language. But if we can convince our Eretz HaKodesh, our Arba Amashon Halacha, and all of us, 
All of us sitting here live in Eretz HaKodesh in the United States. Our homes, every home that's sitting here, you walk through the door, you'll see a mezuzah. You'll open the door, you'll see a shvarim shank. And you'll see a kiddush cup. And you'll see a menares chanukah. You'll see a havdolah licht. You'll see a megillah. And you'll see a, a, a Yiddish kid sitting and learning Torah. And you'll see a mama davening mincha. You'll see every phase of Judaism. You'll see Kedusha, you'll see Taira. You'll see Eretz Yisrael. But that's not enough. Because the question is, of course, we are loved and married to Hashem Yisbaruch, to, to Yiddishkeit. But is there any, excuse the, the, the harsh language, girlfriends on the side? That we also have a little love for that also pull our hearts. I'm talking harsh words, Rabbi Sai. But I ask, I don't know, I, I'm not familiar. And maybe I'm talking an exaggeration. But I say, I ask, is Cinderella Jewish? Does anybody know? Was Snow White Jewish? Does anybody know? I was in love with Snow White. And the three little bears. Are they Jewish? Why was I in love? I go to sleep with a little teddy bear. With my Chemish. With my Rasha. With my Mishnayis. With Winnie the Pooh. Is that Jewish? Is that Kedusha Seret Yisrael? And some will say, is there anything wrong with Winnie the Pooh? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it Gilead Is it Shvichas Damim? What's wrong? Go on, Pincus, you're sitting here, tell me what's wrong. Nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. But is it a Jewish medal? Is it Jewish? Are you sitting in Eretz HaKodesh? And what is the message? Shema Yisrael. What is the message to Yisrael? There's one message, Rabbi Isa. Shema Yisrael. Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echod. Do you know what Echod means? Everyone here could say a thousand pshatim in Echod. One in seven heavens and the earth. That's the ches. And the four corners of the heaven. I'm going to tell you a pshat which many of us never thought about. Echad means one. Just plain one. Ein oid milvad. There is Hashem and love Hashem and no one else. That's all it means. We have in our heart little corners for a lot of other beauties. A lot of other beauties besides Hashem. And this is the problem. And these beauties, chas we should get them out of our, out of our hearts. 
before they erupt on us, before they get drunk. We saw what these Noshim Nochriyos did to us. How loyal they were to us. History taught us. Do we have to wait for history to repeat itself? And this is what I meant. And I shouldn't do this. But now I'm talking only in this gathering. When I got up here on Friday, and I said, if the 31 seminars, I finally realized what it's all about. And if the 30 seminars, this is 31. And Baruch Hashem, I'm considered, I'm not, but I'm considered, I'm called a relative, and I'm called sometimes Rosh Hashiva. And I, Baruch Hashem, very busy with Torah. And I had to know just the headlines. I didn't have time to read the paper. Just to know what's going on. The paper took me, I didn't look at Goyesh, the paper. But the, the Jewish paper, the Yatenema. It took me two minutes. On the way up from Davening. And I got the world. And I asked myself, why, when the paper doesn't come, why are you so, why is you so, wait, what's going on? Why are you so intent to know what's going on? Do you know why you're so intent? Excuse the expression. I realized that it's, it's a girlfriend. You got to see her. You got to know the world. The world is your mother. The world is your, is your friend. But it's not Jewish. And after 30 seminars, and hearing the Israel suggestions, I finally took the courage, just to stop looking at the paper. And as Rebazil describes after his stopping listening to the radio, today I came to this seminar. I don't know who cleaned my glasses, Rabbi Sai. I'm being personal. I'm a different person. I'm a different person. Absolutely a different person. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm not saying I'm greater. I'm just different. All of a sudden, the Torah became my one and only. I have nothing else in my mind, Baruch Hashem, I have a family. But Baruch Hashem, that's also part of Torah. It's also part of Torah. And I could scream this, Rabbi Yisai. Because a year ago, it was Musa. And today, it's Pikuach Nefesh. Let's not be stupid. A year ago, I was giving you Musa. And who am I to give Musa? But today, as I told you before, I just, I just, the taxi just took me to Belt Parkway and there he is. There's the Arab. There he is. We're at war, Rabbi Yisai. We're at war. Israel is the heart of the world. And the heart always feels it a little earlier. But what's going on in Israel is the whole world. It just takes a little longer. Let us flee this country. Each and every one of us. Flee. Let us return to Eretz HaKodesh. Eretz HaKodesh can be in Williamsburg. It can be in Bar Park. I saw it in the Vilna Goyen. The Bezreel saw it. Who says it? The Balatanya. From two sides of the world, Hasidim, Misnagdim, it's Torah's Emes. 
This is Dalar Amas Shel Halachim. A beautiful kosher Jewish home. If it's pure. If it's a Yichat Simmer. If it's a room of Yichat between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, This is Eretz HaKadosh. When we're in Eretz HaKadosh, we have nothing to worry about. First of all, the guy won't, 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 won't get angry at us. Because she, she doesn't have no contact with us. And again, I'm not talking about Averis. I'm not talking about videos. I'm talking about television. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Yichud. Yichud means we should dedicate our lives, our interests, to Torah. And at the beginning it's hard. Because when you fall in love, I can't live without her. And what does the Rav tell? What does the Rav tell that boy that says, I'm sorry, I'm hooked, I can't live without her. And the Rav gets up over here and says, take a 40-day quarantine. It shouldn't happen to us. Isn't that what the rabbi tells that boy? Try to become disconnected from her for 30 days. You'll see you won't die. There are a lot of beautiful Jewish girls for you. And here the Bezir gets up and says, take a 40-day quarantine. Don't look at the news. Don't look at the papers. You'll see how beautiful. Our Torah, our Yiddishkeit. It's interesting. It's attractive. It's beautiful. Torah Hashem Tamima. Everything is there. Everything is there. It's just that our eyes are, are cross-eyed. Everything is there, Abba Yisrael. I think that after these three days, I can say these words. Alavai, I can say them. And again, who am I to say it? I'm not. I'm nothing to say. I'm nothing. But there's a fire burning. And I was once talking to Adam God, a great person. And a discussion, he said, discussion was brought up. A heart, one little heart, one little heart, one little corner, one little, one little Yiddish Ashtub, any of the people sitting here, if we can be Magdish, our homes, and Kaddish means, holiness means, holiness is, is, is an English word, but the Gemara says, what does Kiddushin mean? Kedushim means Yichud. Hareat mekudeshes, hareat miyuchedes liyos sheli. If our homes can become bate mikdash, and what does it mean a beis hamikdash? Beis hamikdash in the true translation of the word kodesh is not a positive form; it's a negative form. Kodesh means that there is nothing to destroy the kedushim. If we can make our homes a beis mikdash. If we could turn our homes in Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, one Yiddish home can bring the Ashrayas Hashchinim. We don't know who is this one. Each and every one of us can be it. Can bring the Ashrayas Hashchinim. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be with us. This can bring a Geula. This can bring a Yeshua for who knows, maybe for all the Jewish people. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should help us we should be zeichah b'meheir l'gulah shlemah.